0: all things unexplained hosted
1: by dr mounts let's face it we were always ready to roll without him anyway
0: <laughs> cj derringer
2: ain't nobody perfect right and smitty Neves.
1: i've never planned out hardly anything my whole life so i just free balled.
2: featuring
0: cajun man uh, i'm just old nobody somebody looking for somebody.
1: Stepping up to the plate, a right-hander from Leawood, Kansas, Jonathan Fink.
0: Woo. Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, great, there hey. he is, Jonathan. Good he may to be see a lefty. Great to be with you. Yes,
2: we're happy to have you here.
1: Love the pennants in the background there. Are you a lefty?
2: Yeah, look at all of those, all of those flags behind you.
0: So you can see them all. I got, a whole co- I got a whole collection.
1: Those are awesome. You know, we actually just had a listener relaying some of the baseball miracles
0: from his experience, which right were pretty cool. Yeah.
2: I'd, love to,
0: I'd love to hear all about him because I'm still writing books. And so uh, his story could be another chapter in a new book to come for sure.
2: Oh, that's awesome. So you have three books already full of all kinds of stuff, full of just all of the different rituals and theories, and all of the good and the bad that has happened in baseball. But you, there's more out there, you've got more to write about, huh?
0: Well, this, this book, um, volume three, was a little different than my other books. And by the way, I've also, I also have a music series called The Music Gods Are Real, which we can get into because all my books have spirituality and paranormal, unexplained things in them. So, what I find is that. My books are kind of a vehicle to talk about spirit and whether it's about music or baseball, the, the material just keeps coming. And so with volume three, it was a little different. It was, it's a true nonfiction research based book where as I've been collecting stories and pieces of information all, all, all through the years. Then when I had enough material, I was able to create, create this book. But the rest of my books are all nonfiction, true life stories based on my adventures with the music gods and the baseball gods, which is a, a nice word for spirit, all, all things paranormal unexplained. And I plan on writing books about investing in politics, to some of my other interests. But baseball was a great uh, topic and a great vehicle to use because so many paranormal things happen in baseball. And baseball is so interconnected with the United States and American history and culture. I noticed, you know, you, you're wearing that, that Cubs, you know, that Cubs shirt, 108 years to win a world series they were cursed they had to break that curse so these are these are things where you know we we we, we all know about curses and we know about these paranormal miracles and stuff but we all can relate to baseball so when these these, when these paranormal that's happen in baseball it, it's special and you know i have my son who's a feature yeah main character if you will in most of my in most of my baseball adventures and i say i'm keep writing more books because his road of the show as a baseball player continues he's only in eighth grade He's now getting letters from colleges, inviting him to showcases and camps. And so every time he gets another invitation to go on a trip, that's another Baseball God adventure. And without a doubt, everywhere we go, we seem to have what I call Baseball God moments, these experiences that are serendipitous and, um, and they're, it's syn- synchronistic and it's hard to explain how they happen. When they do, you know it's, you know it's the real deal. So, so yeah, so th- so this book was research-based and I'm also moving on to some fictional stuff as well. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I felt the need to share these stories, like all your guests and what through all your podcasts, these true life stories resonate and you know, you're building up a body of evidence, right? You know, all these unexplained things. And my book is chock full of unexplained events. You know, and um but again, it's not just baseball, it's also music, it's it's really everywhere, but certainly yeah, baseball's a fun area to really dig in and, and explore those uh those paranormal moments.
2: Yeah. What I love about your book, you know, on our show we discuss a ton of unexplained phenomena. Um, but we don't really do anything to try and explain it ourselves, call us lazy or <laughs> what, but we just let people kind of tell their mm. stories and then we discuss them and we're not looking for answers. But it feels like in your book, you've taken all of these potentially unexplained moments in baseball history and tried to give them meaning and purpose or a reason behind that does that seem fairly accurate with at least this book is the only one i've read so far but it felt like you tried to explain some of these moments in baseball time
0: yeah yeah absolutely um it's almost like we're living in this holographic simulation this 3d reality we call you know life this, this world this planet we're living in planet earth and so the idea is that spirit or God, however you want to use these terms, it's everywhere, all encompassing all the time. But what I found is that, you know, for most of my life, I was an atheist. And when you're an atheist, you can't open your heart and mind to spirit. And so you don't expect miracles to happen in your life. Life crisis in 2012, I got to yoga and meditation. And it, it wasn't until the meditation became a big part of my life that I sort of opened that portal, right, that portal to spirit, where you can have a direct relationship with with God or spirit however you want to call it and then once you open up that portal it continues to flow whether you're seeing angel numbers you know just yesterday my son mentioned he might want to play baseball for coastal carolina and then today he got a letter in the mail from coastal carolina inviting him to a baseball camp how's that even possible right and the way it's possible is because my son who is a you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a wonderful boy, but he's also very spiritual. He's very connected to the universe. He meditates, he prays, he gets it, right? And so he is learning to manifest. And when we get to witness these these moments, like he literally mentions Coastal Carolina, and then the next day we get a letter in the mail. I mean, how's that even possible unless there's something going on beyond this reality? And so, so I'm not sure I have any of the answers like some of your guests. They just have experiences, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But I am trying to get to that. Uh, that conclusion of oh, yeah. what is this mystery? Why are these things happening? And how do you tap into it? And how that the, the flow kind of comes and goes. You know, when I when I write, in a way, I feel like I'm channeling. Right? You hear about these channelers who you know speak in front of thousands of people and they're channeling a spirit entity. I don't channel a spirit or an entity. But I'll be honest yeah, with you, when I'm cool. when I'm writing, it's late at night. I got the candles on. I've just done a meditation, and then I just start typing, and the ideas just start to come, and they start to flow. I really have no explanation for that, right? I mean, the same way when someone sees, sees a UFO for the first time, it's unexplainable. But once you kind of open that Pandora's box, then yeah, how do you not want to keep being a seeker and try to figure out what, what is going on here, you know, and how how are my loved ones who have passed away able to send me signs, you know, And and somehow interact with us in this reality when someone should be dead, right? And maybe the idea that death Is something that we misunderstood. Maybe death is something different. Maybe when we die, it's a different vibrational frequency, right? And just like gravity, you can't see gravity, but you drop a book and you know on your foot, you know it, you know, you know gravity is real. So this is this is the adventure that that I'm on. And from from someone like me who was an atheist most of my life, and I was a sarcastic atheist, and I was an angry atheist, but it wasn't until I, I got into meditation that I started to interact with this holographic reality. And that's where life gets more interesting. I mean, here, I mean, just look at this. I mean, this is this is five books that I've, that I've written on the last, you know, two or three years. And um, each book is, you know, 21 chapters, 6,000 words. How do I even do that? And by the way, I've written nine books. I have four more copies. And, and so in a way, the fact that I'm an author, yeah, I, I've written I've written before. I've, I wrote in college, I've always loved music and baseball, but the fact that I've already produced this kind of volume work is proof that you know that, that paranormal is real. And in a way, anything that's paranormal, I think you can just say God is real because all these paranormal things are happening in this 3D holographic simulation reality. And the term God I don't love because you know most people are taught that God's this this guy hanging up and hanging out in a cloud, he's got a big beard, he wears a white outfit, he's got, a, he's got a, you know a cane, he's always wagging his finger, telling you what you did wrong. And and that might be true, but what I've come to learn is that maybe God is that that energy, that beautiful, intelligent energy that permeates all things. And then within that giant soup, sure, there are angels, there are demons, it's all in, it's all in there, all just beyond this reality. The thing that a dog you know can hear certain sounds and pitches that we can't you know this is this is what it's all about so I, I have a day job I'm, I'm a financial advisor I run my own investment firm and I, and I love managing money and I love politics and geopolitics and investing but um but but this book writing career has become a, a true labor of love because once I woke to spirit and that there is something going on that I cannot explain I just want to learn more about it and so when i'm not writing books i'm reading books and i'm on youtube and i'm learning i'm watching podcasts like yours because um this universe is awfully mysterious right and and i love your podcast name because it really is so beautiful because there are so many things that are unexplained but you're right um trying to figure out what is happening and, and how and why maybe it's all quantum mechanics right you know it's something like that um sophisticated science behind it. But um but yeah, I, I'm I'm determined to get to get, get to the bottom of it and keep digging. But the simple answer is I, I like the term spirit. It's spirits behind all of this. Uh, whether it's you know whether it's ghosts, UFOs, all these different topics that I that I talk about in my books um, are, are paranormal and it's a great way of just discussing God. And by the way, in my other books, I I have tried experimentations with prayer and I've had my prayers answered. Um, I've used meditation to connect with people. In fact, in my, in my Music Gods series, um, I the chapters all came to me, kind of like a download from from Spirit. And um, and in that book, I knew my, in Facebook Music Gods Volume One, I wanted to interview a band that had music and had a culture that in, you know, encapsulated a lot of the things that I'm trying to write about in my books. And I realized, oh yeah, I'm gonna write about this band called Twiddle, one of my new favorite bands. They're very spiritual, super awesome guys. And after two or three days of meditation and prayer, I was like, Spirit, I want to I interview Twiddle, you know, please help me do that. And then two or three days later, their tour comes out from the winter tour in 2019 and they're coming to Kansas City for the first time ever. And it's like, what? How's that even possible? And then of course, you know, I wound up contacting the band and then I interviewed them. And then you, know, you have to re- read that music story to, uh, to get to that. But I traveled all over the country with that band and it's it's just proof that music gods are real, the same with the Facebook gods are real. But again, how is it possible that prayers are answered, that meditations can manifest? These things seem impossible to me. At least for most of my life, those things seem impossible. And when you hear about people who claim these things, they have to be making it up. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm street nonfiction in my life, and I didn't I never asked for any of these any of these adventures. But but maybe now I do because once I've tapped into it, it's so much fun. You know, my son gets the idea to post of Carolina and it's a random school from South Carolina. And then, you know, and we're going to go to their event. They're coming to Olathe, Kansas in, uh, in July and you know, with a few other colleges to recruit. So how do I explain how my son got a letter from a school he mentioned the day before? It's, it seems impossible to me, but the answer is God. I think it's simply that.
1: And you know, Jonathan, so we have, some our listeners are really into what you're saying about prayers. They totally agree with you. They say prayers are powerful. That's straight from our listeners, including Edward Millikins, our listener of the night. And I wanted I'm fascinated by something you've mentioned here, Jonathan, and that is this term synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And I'm fascinated by synchronicity and I've already experienced it tonight just in talking with right you, on. and I'll tell you what I mean before before I ask you this question. You mentioned your son and co- going to Coastal Carolina. You may not be aware of this, but CJ and I are actually based in the Carolinas. We are CJ just moved back to the Triangle area of North Carolina from Wilmington, North Carolina, on the coast of the Carolinas, and. So we're very close here to Coastal Carolina, and so we actually yeah, see you quite get, a bit about you're giving, you're giving me the chill. And such. So
0: that right there... Oh, was, I'm telling was, you. You just called it. Right. And
1: something else you mentioned was talk about, how, you know, how do we hear from loved ones who have moved on? Well, we, CJ and I, Smitty will be teaching, unfortunately, but CJ and I actually have an interview scheduled soon with an expert in EVP, electronic voice phenomenon, which some people believe is a connection to voices of people that have went on, you know, from this life to another another realm, another dimension, however you want to look at that. So to me, that was hitting on a lot of cylinders of synchronicity. But for the, our listeners who don't aren't familiar with this term, Jonathan, could you... Give a, in your mind, what is the definition of synchronicity? Yeah,
0: the the term synchronicity was coined by psychiatrist Carl Jung, uh, one of the greatest minds in the history of the world. And Carl Jung described synchronicity as events interconnect that have nothing to do with each other. But only you know that connection. So the example would be is that you guys are all from the Carolinas. I could have mentioned any school that, that was recruiting my son, that he had an idea, and then they mailed him a letter. I could have said Washington State University, which is also true, by the way. That, that happened today. But if I had said that, it wouldn't have been synchronistic. The fact that I mentioned Coastal Carolina, which is in your, your backwoods, that's the synchronicity because it connects those two things together. And what I love about synchronicity is, you know, I have to think that you know the angels up in up in up in heaven or the other dimension of other realms. I like to think of it as just like God, they bend time and space, right? So, so even though there is free will, they know the events that will be happening tomorrow afternoon. Now there's free will, you can make a decision and choose to do something else. But, um, but typically, you know, spirit knows what you're doing and what you're thinking what that person's thinking and they're looking at all those quantum possibilities all the different timelines and they are able i i think that i i I, i'm sure of it now because i see how they do it they're able to arrange things so that you will have that synchronicity at the right place at the right time to have that proper thought which is actually going to help you in some way whether it's going to validate your existing beliefs sometimes for me i have synchronicities that help me write but i'm looking for a quote to use for a chapter. The situation will happen that will lead me to the right quote. So you can use synchronicities as just a wink from the universe, as God saying, "Yep, just let me you know that there's something else going on in this reality besides besides you know you and your three D three D life." But um, but it's also a way where your angels, your spirit guides can help you through your life, connecting with the right people. If you're looking for a job, it's the right it's the right interview. It's the right things right right on your resume. It's all those different little hints from you and winks from the universe and you can use those to help guide your guide your path. Now again, it seems so crazy when psychics read tea leaves, right? I and mean, it seems so seems so preposterous, ridiculous. But maybe there's something to it, but maybe it's not even the leaves themselves, maybe it's the, the person who's reading the tea leaves. They just have you know, a you know, a claircognizance, a clairaudience, a, a a psychic ability. And so whether it was tea leaves or whatever you think they were going to use, these mediums, these channelers they're tapping into spirit and they're going to extract that information one way or the other. But what I like is I believe that we all have, you know, uh, an entourage of angels help helping us and they are sending us signs and trying to show us, you know, don't go, don't make a left turn here, make a right turn there, or don't, don't, don't apply for that job, apply for this job. But if we're not, if we're not in touch with that spirit, you can't connect with it. And then it's sort of like, you're not going to get the signs and the signals. And, and I find that the body is this vehicle. And so how does the spirit, you know, flow through. Well, it really can't flow through if your body's all, your, all your chakras are kind of clogged up, you know, if you're eating fast food and drinking lots of beer and, you know, do lots of drugs and having lots of negative thoughts and your chakras are all blocked, the Holy Spirit can't flow. And then you're not gonna get the messages. And so on, on, my, on my spiritual path, I've tried to do that. Not always perfect. I have my setbacks, but I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm a vegetarian. I'm trying to become a vegan. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I, try, I almost never drink alcohol. I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to do as many things as I can to kind of purify my, my vehicle. And yeah, I feel better, I feel healthier and happier when I do that, but I also do it because I know that as I purify, more spirit flows through. And when I when I go a week or two without synchronicities, I wonder what I'm doing wrong. Did I not meditate, Did I get to meditate that I, you know, because when you do meditate and you do purify, these things happen in more abundance. So I just think it's a fascinating thing. and. I wish more people could tap into it because I think life becomes so exciting and enjoyable. When you live your life, like every day is a mystery of what's going to happen. And every day can be a miracle too. A lot of that has to do with your thoughts, starting your day with positive emotions. You have to, you don't have to say them, but just think them. But the the, the vibration, the vibrational frequency that you live by and that you put out to the universe, that's what comes back to you. So I guess if I was a curmudgeon, and always negative, which I was for a period of time in my life, as was my first book universe will bring you more of that, that same energy. I mean, you're optimistic and positive and looking forward around the corner because something always good is going to happen. Don't be surprised when good things start to happen. And so that might be the power of positive thinking, but end of the day, it goes back to CJ which is what makes that power of positive thinking actually work, right? That's what's so amazing to me. So to me, it's not just power of positive thinking. It's people who have positive thoughts are tapping into that ether, right? And when you tap into that ether, you know, you're gonna get back what what you what you know what you put in, and so the thoughts, the right actions. Um, that's a way to extract from spirit. You know whatever whatever you want. And I guess for me, I never really thought about it until a few years ago. But investment ideas can come from spirit. I mean, my book ideas come from spirit. I mean, where did, how did Elon Musk invent the engine for his first electric car? Where does that idea come from? You know, Nick, Nikola Tesla said he got ideas from spirit. I think mean, he called them aliens. Right. So, you know, to me, the, the, this whole re- existence is a mystery and unexplained. And for most people, most of their lives, people who have jobs nine to five and they're just too busy paying their bills and living, picking the paycheck and the, paying their credit card, not, not everyone has the time to kind of explore these things. Um, and so I'm grateful that I've been able to have the time to do it. And, and by doing so, I've been able to, you know, to have a fulfilling life as I continue to, you know, add pieces to the puzzle as a seeker but then i get to share these these experiences with the world because i feel like um these stories should be told because um it just proves that that there's something great beyond this reality and if it's true then you get to tap into it and you know i'm supposed to be a writer but you know you guys are supposed to be something else and everyone's supposed to do what they're meant to do on this earth but by tapping into that spirit you know, get to what your goals i think much faster
2: well whatever you are whatever you that's are eating or not eating is working yeah. because you have as much energy as my two and four year old children which is amazing <laughs>
0: so. so much energy. I, was, I was born with this and it's actually in the very very believe it or not in my first book i write about how my father when he was a student in in the bronx in new york growing up he answered it kids much energy this is before you know adhd medication all that stuff they didn't know what to do with him he, he wasn't being rude he couldn't sit still made my dad stand in the back of the classroom and just let him kind of bounce around you know and just do his thing and so he wouldn't bother anyone else then when when i was born this energy i've had with me my my whole life and my parents didn't know what to do with this energy and they didn't want to put me on adhd medicine whatever they got me into karate and karate classes became a big part of my life you know and, and interestingly enough it was through karate that i first learned meditation as a high school kid and it's interesting because i didn't know how to manifest back then but I was meditating and I was tapping into spirit. And it, I look back and it's like, wow, things in my life did go pretty well. I was class president, my sophomore, junior and senior year. I played two varsity sports. It was like the spirit, spirit guys were helping me. I didn't even know it. And then I kind of gave up that stuff for 20 years. And then I felt like my life wasn't as as, as ma- magical, frankly. And it wasn't until I got, you know, 20 years later, midlife crisis, had to find myself again, tapped into that meditation. And um, and that's where it all came. So the enthusiasm is always, and the energy has always been there. But be very careful with this energy because when I was in a negative doom and gloom phase, I was in a conspiracy theorist phase for many, many years. And that energy with doom and gloom conspiracy theory can take you to a very bad place, you know. But, but now I've, now I've right. you know, gotten back to that higher plane of happiness and joy and and pursuing that. And so, yeah, this energy, I mean, you're right. I have been working on day. I've been on two walks today, did my yoga meditation today. I, I feel great. I have energy to go, to go right after this, you know. I mean, so. You know, maybe that's the Kundalini energy the yogis talk about, right? Um, I don't know, but but I've always I've always been this way.
1: Now, I was just going to say I love what you say about taking care of your body. Someone I heard say that your body is basically the only thing in life that you are absolutely only going to have one of. You know, people can go through multiple houses and homes and Thousands. vehicles and jobs etc and when you think about the time right and energy and that people pour it what did you say cj <laughs> multiple spouses that's right and when you think about the time and energy that people pour into those things and but when you that then think that hey i've only got one body that's it that you know and that's the, the only thing in life that you're absolutely only going to have one of it should probably be your number one consideration for your time and energy and, and taking care of it. You know, if your house falls apart, Hey, you can go to the repair man, but you're only going to get one of these bodies. So I really love what you said there about taking care of yourself.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll add, one more thing to, add one more thing to that. My dad used to always say to me, Jeffrey Fink, and I mentioned this in my first book. He used to always say to me in high school, Jonathan, your body is a <laughs> temple. Now I thought that I mean, he was saying, don't do drugs. Don't drink, you know, don't drink alcohol. And maybe he did mean that. But looking back now, I think, it more, I think of it differently. I think about it, the body really is this temple. And by the way, I am spiritual, but I'm not religious. I'm not a big fan of organized religion. That's a separate conversation for a different day. But what I've learned is that I don't need to go to a building to find God. If your body is a temple, you can take God and the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go, right? And maybe I think that's actually how you know, because in the dawn of time, Adam and Eve, there were no temples. Spirit and God was everywhere. Your body was the temple. And so, so yeah, so. It, you know, if your buy is a temple, how do you want to treat it? you want to treat it well? You know, make sure it's clean inside and, and look, looks good for, you know, or do you want to, you know, treat it poorly? And just like, a, you know, my son is a baseball player, you know, look, every kid likes candy, drinks soda, wants to do things like that. But there's an old expression that your your, your body is like a Ferrari, you know? So what are you going to fuel the Ferrari? You want to be a ball player? You're going to fuel it Doritos and Coke, Coca-Cola, or you're going to eat fruits and vegetables. It's your choice, but Ferrari will not drive as fast when you feel, you're feeling it with poor quality gasoline it's gonna drive much better when it's you know got the best oil in there and the highest premium you know unleaded gasoline and then it's gonna cruise and fly and so i think that's the perfect analogy your buy it's a temple it's a ferrari and you're, you're right you only get one of it that's and it. if you wreck the ferrari it's that's that, that's it that, that's part of your karma you know and um and karma is a, a concept by the way that every religion understands even christians they they know they just call it goes around comes around right, but um but karma is is really a big part of my books and by the way it's not just how you treat other people it's how you treat yourself.
2: Yes, and karma is definitely a part of this book that you mentioned several times, and I do want to dive a little bit into um, specifics of the book. So as I was reading, you make so many correlations between religion in baseball, right? You've got your zealots and your fanatics. You've got your ball fields and your cathedrals. And, um, when, when did you make this connection? Was this like an aha moment for you of look at all of these people attending ball games, just like some people attend church and those that are sort of worshiping some of these baseball players on a, in many instances and worshiping God's what have you. When did you make that connection?
0: You know, it's, that's a great question. And I never really thought about it before, but as you're asking it, the the answer came to me, the seed was planted as a little kid watching baseball movies Mm -hmm. I'm I'm getting chills right now, the field of dreams, that movie was about death and the afterlife. Right. And so from that movie, I think the seeds were planted, but then even as the years went by, you know, like uh, the movie major league of comedy, you know, it was Joe Boo, the Cuban refugee. He was superstitions he built a shrine that he would pray to right so i think that the the idea of the religion of baseball maybe the aha moment came you know as i started writing my first book but definitely the seeds were planted long ago because i've always you know i mean the term the baseball gods i i grew up hearing that term you know announcers say it you hear coaches say it um fans say it and so i was always around the religion and and, uh, the religion of baseball and I guess I was always been, as you'll see in my books, about baseball too, and extract out all the spiritual elements to them. So I guess the cedar Planet as a little kid, um, watching The Natural and Field of Dreams, all movies that were paranormal and baseball in nature. And then um, and then when I moved to Kansas City and I met John Perrin, who I featured in my first book, um, he was my apprentice, he became my son's pitching coach. And um his his life and mine, you know, crossing paths created lots of synchronicity and, and miracle moments. And that's when I started to realize, oh yeah, I'm gonna write a book one day about, about all this. And in fact, the, the book that I just wrote, Religion of Baseball, is the book that I first had the idea of. But then as my adventures with my son and with John Perrin started to become interesting, that became the first couple of books. And so the truth is this, this volume three wouldn't have been ready four or five years ago. I needed so much more material. As you'll notice, I, I referenced, for example, Freak injuries, for example. That chapter, I referenced some of the classic examples of freak injuries. But then you'll notice I also reference what's happening in 17, 18, 2019, 2020. I, I get all the most recent stuff to show that, that baseball as well transcends time and space. And the things that were spooky and paranormal back then, they still continue to this day because God's, God's forever, Spirit's forever. So I literally would create a file. I had a file for freak injuries, a go. Every time my son would email me a link or come across a story, I would print it out, put it in the file. And then at some point, I, I looked at my files and they were all this big. And I said, I have enough material. And I, I probably spent a month just going through all those articles, the ones that I collected over several years. Uh, and then of course, all the books that I've read over the years that, you know, about baseball, legendary stories of ghosts and curses, I've read those books. And so I used the material for the old stuff from those books. And then all the new material was just from life experience, just being a baseball fan. What, watching things happen so many times, I'd be just watching the MLB Network, and and Shin Chu you know, he had a ten game winning streak, and he he thanks the baseball guys in the post game interview, and I'd be like, what? And I'll just you know videotape it, and I email it to myself the one chapter. So so yeah, the answer is the Cedar Planet as a little kid with baseball movies. But I still am a little kid. I mean, I I, I love I love I love the game of baseball as much as I did as a little kid, and uh, and I I get giddy just as much as, then as I do now when, when my son sends me a story. Um, just the other day, on opening day at the Detroit Tiger, a uh, player who had, had blown out his arm. He had a couple of years of injuries. He never went to the minor leagues. He went from single eight right to the major leagues. And his what first at-bat, the first pitch. wow, yeah. boom. You
1: talk about that with run. Tim Tebow in your book,
0: too. How is that even possible, come on. Oh my goodness, Te- Tebow, Tim Tebow's had several miracles. I mean, again, he, he, he is living proof of the power of god you know that he uh at his first baseball game ever the minor leagues a player collapsed had a had a a seizure or a stroke and tebow put his hand on this man and started praying and a few minutes later the man awoke feeling fine by the way it's not in my book but it happened again with Tim tebow a year later on an airplane someone had a i forget it was um maybe a seizure as well and he went over to the person put his hand on him started praying and the person was revived and fine now Tim Tebow, when I asked said, "A miracle." Said, "A humble Christian." No, no, not a miracle. But then he said, "As a man of God, that's the that's the gift we get to that we get to hope and live by. That the God we serve brings us miracles. So he absolutely did believe in miracles, but he was too humble to admit that he was part of not one but two of them. But um, but yeah, I mean Tim Tebow. I mean my gosh, I mean just remember when he was playing with the uh, in football with the the." Um, Denver Broncos. He um, had a, an amazing moment with the number 316, which is a Bible verse <laughs> and the, all the stats for the game were all 316. And by the way, I have a file called The Football Gods Are Real, all right? When those files get big, it will be a book called The Football Gods Are Real because there have been many football God moments. And I have a basketball, I have a basketball file as well. Now again, I'm a baseball guy, um, but I love all sports. And my feeling is that if the universe brings me enough material about paranormal woo-woo stuff with basketball, then I'm obviously meant to write that book, right? So I have a file and I'm collecting the material and um, it, it's amazing, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting good stuff. The material is all there. And so my point is, is that this woo-woo stuff is self-evident everywhere all the time. But if you're not tapped into it, you're oblivious. But once you are tapped into it, it's magical. So yeah, so I'm, so it's just such so fun writing these books. And, um, and the same way that I wrote that this, this Religion of Baseball book, I'm doing the same thing with football and, and every sport. If I can get enough material, there'll be a religion of basketball, a religion of football, because in a way, maybe this is my role as, as on this planet is to, yeah, I manage money and my goal is to help people buy houses and put their kids through college. That's all that important stuff. But also maybe I'm helped to, I'm here to be like a messenger and help to create real life stories for people that show that God is real, you know, and it's it's beautiful. You don't have to go to a church or synagogue to, to, to believe that or to, to buy into it. Just go meditate for a week 20 minutes twice a day and see what happens in your own life. Don't be shocked if you start having synchronicity. Now maybe it takes more than a week. I did it over many, many months before I started to find these, <laughs> these uh, serendipitous <laughs> moments, uh, but everyone's different. My body might've been really clogged up when I first started my spiritual path. I ate a lot of pizza and bagels with cream cheese. All right. So, you know, no one's perfect and drink a lot of soda. and chocolate. So it's a process, but yeah. So, um, you know, this is something that you know has been with me since i was a kid i guess the secret planet but now that i'm an author and i'm aware and awake to it i will continue to collect this, this information and if i can get enough information to, to to write a volume another volume like this i'll do that But fyi right now volume four and volume five are about they're more like volume one just you know personal real life adventures with me and my son and and the adventures that we that we've had over the last you know couple couple of years and oh, thank and sure you. enough the paranormal stuff It follows us. So, and I guess what's so much fun is for for me as a dad. I get to share this stuff with my kids. My daughter's featuring in my music books, and um, they both see and experience these signatures along with me. It's not just me. It's not like I'm the only one who's experiencing them. I get to share these moments with other people. That's what makes it so special. And so I feel like you know for all my friends and and my parents and you know anyone out there who may not really believe in God, um, maybe we just we were just taught a different type of God. And the God that I've that I've that I know, that I that I've learned to know and love, um, it's, it's multidimensional, dimensional omnipresent, and it's unconditionally loving. And if people are having negative experiences out there, that's probably coming from the dark side, not from the God that I You won't believe our next episode. 1982, he's playing for the San Francisco Giants, finishing the game, goes home, on the back porch with his wife, who's a, who's a stewardess, by the way, and perfectly clear, quickly right, and this UFO comes in, and as most of them do, they, they hover, right? Because again, if it's just going straight by, it could just be a plane, who knows? It hovers, kind of let, lets them know, yeah, I know, you know, and then boom, like Flash and I zips, zips out of the way. This has been All Things Unexplained.